Okay, so hi Claire, how are you doing? Oh, hi there, Marianne. I'm good, thanks. It's lovely to talk to you today. Yeah, you too. So um, it'd be good just to hear something about who you are and what you do. I know you've got some interesting um, different projects and stuff, so it'd be good just to say a little bit about them before we start our discussion. Okay, so I'm Claire Cooper and I live up in Cumbria. Mm -hmm. I'm a mum of three children. My eldest is nine, I've got a six-year-old and our baby's now four. Mm -hmm. Quite a big milestone for us now. Yeah. So over the last few years, parenting's taken like the majority of my time. Mm -hmm. But alongside that, I'm a writer as well. So I've focus my writing around mothering around yoga and in the last couple of years around like how mothering can be quite transformational mm -hmm. and then that's become the subject of my first book which you know about because you're one of yeah. the contributors yeah. <laughs> yeah which is great it's milestones of motherhood and that's how women how we can grow and change ourselves through learning to love and care for our children mm -hmm. so that's like really what I've been focusing on over the last couple of years yeah yeah, it's really exciting it's coming out this year isn't it I think is it yeah it should be towards the end of the year so yeah. that's exciting yeah, yeah. and and you're also am I right you're also a yoga teacher and do you teach yes. regularly too yeah before I had kids I taught like the general hatha yoga mm -hmm. and then just through the experience of pregnancy and especially having my first daughter I decided I really wanted to focus on pregnancy yoga mm -hmm. so I did extra training and then over sort of the last eight years that's where my focus has been with yoga it's been supporting women during pregnancy learning how we can use the postures and especially the breath to keep yeah. ourselves calm and focused and then we talk a lot in the classes about how we can use the yoga to prepare us for birth as well. Mm -hmm. I've got a yoga class tomorrow morning, so I always look forward to that on a Sunday. Yeah, that's a nice thing to do on a Sunday morning, yes. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I thought it was interesting for us to have a conversation because a lot of the work you're doing with the women you work with and in your um writing and thinking about how to support them is really aligned with what we're doing at Jazze around what we've been calling replenishment but it's really about um the actions we can take for ourselves to keep ourselves filled up and well resourced really and I, it, I know that there's lots of parallels between the kind of things we've been talking about and some of the things that you think about in relation to mothering and I think there's a lot of resonance in in those two things they're kind of very similar and um i'm interested to hear how it's how you came to be um thinking about the importance of taking care of and looking after ourselves it was it through your mothering journey that that started or is it something you've always been um it's really interesting to reflect on this because I hadn't actually thought about it until I started to prepare for uh -huh. this conversation. And it, I can definitely say it was not before I was a mother. No. No. I've been very passionate, like yourself and like a lot of women, about just doing as much work as I can in the world. Yes. I've always been one of those people like who wants to make a difference and be involved in a lot of different projects. Yeah. 
So, you know, when I've worked previously as a researcher or a youth worker, I would do evening youth work. I'd do weekend like volunteering and yes. things well. So I was giving loads and I wasn't at all resourced myself. Yes. But yes. I just remember like looking back now, how I'd work full time in the day. Then I'd go off doing different things at night, different classes and projects and courses. And it just seemed quite normal for the other women around me as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because there's that passion, and people were busy. We want to do such a lot of things. Yeah, and it wasn't really until I had my first daughter. Initially, I thought I can just carry this on and have a baby. It's fine. (laughs) But then I realised actually, if you want to mother and be there for your children, you have to slow down and you have to start to look at where you're putting your energy. Yeah. So it really wasn't until the slowing down through pregnancy and the needing to sit for hours feeding my daughter mm-hmm. and just being there for her that really started the ball rolling and changing my attitude towards myself and towards like the energy that I'm giving out mm, really interesting yeah mm. is that similar for yourself yeah um slightly yeah I it's definitely been something that's like um enhanced like being a mum has definitely enhanced my journey with that I think for me I had like a experience where I had a job that I left now about five or six years ago but where I did get to a point of of kind of burnout and so after that I and I made a decision at that point to not stop not just the job but some of the other things that I'd sort of taken on around it you know like you're saying there were actually it wasn't just the job there was this and that and the other and at the same time I was um going through a divorce as well so there, it was a sort of moment when all the pieces of my life kind of were thrown up and they could fall again however if you know what I mean and I at that point I realized that it, that my approach to taking on the looking after of people and things was unsustainable you know so it was I I was in a marriage where I was doing a lot of looking after and then I had a job where I was doing a lot of looking after Mm -hmm. and then I had all these other things that I was volunteering with which were also about looking after and so Mm -hmm. it kind of for me it started with a crisis and then a sort of slow recognition of what that looks like and how um how hard it was for me to switch off that sort of almost need (laughs) to kind of be really useful. Uh, I think that's exactly it, isn't it? It's that that need wanting to give and then learning how, where that comes from, but how we can turn that round and give to ourselves as well. Yeah, Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely would say, though, that becoming a mum has like especially the sitting and feeding and the realizing that you have to be present for that and yeah and and sort of you that I didn't want to work full-time and be out every evening now that I had a child and you know so this kind of um trying to find some um way of still being active in some ways but also being present for my son more than I might be if I was working full-time and stuff so yeah it, it has definitely been um, part of the story and, and then the kind of burnout story beforehand was the kind of another piece for me oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I was going to ask you as well about so in the yoga and uh nurture and restore guide um I love this quote of yours <laughs> 
taking care of ourselves isn't selfish, rather it's essential. If we are to give the best of ourselves to the people and projects we love and care about, then our own reserves must be restored and replenished. And, I, and for me, that's the heart of what we're talking about in Jujazi and what I'm trying to help people, help women to really understand and then act on, I guess. Yeah. And um, I, I'm interested in how you are supporting the women that you work with, um, in, you know, to, to kind of both understand this, because I think the self, the, the, the thought that it's selfish is ingrained in a lot of us from somewhere <laughs> in Definitely. our childhood, in our culture, you know. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. And I was reflecting on this question. And I think at the beginning, it, for many women, and especially when we're pregnant as well, it just feels that it's a question of time. We're busy. We've got a lot of things going on. We've yeah. got the commitments with our work. A lot of people tend to take on like housework and house renovation and things during pregnancy as well to get yeah. things ready. Yeah. And at first, when you just look at the surface, it just feels like there isn't the practical physical space to yeah. take care of ourselves. Yeah. I think when we really scratch a little bit deeper than that, we start to look at the values that we attach to all of those other things that we're giving. Yeah. And then we start to look, well, we, we can, it can help if we start to look at the value we place on ourselves as well. And we can often place a lot more value on the giving to our other projects than we actually do on ourselves. So it's like you yeah. said, we come at sort of the bottom of the pile yeah. and we that we do need to give, give, give. But then I try and introduce this in yoga. I don't talk about all of this too much at the start. I just mm -hmm. simply say, let's use the yoga class as a space that we'll create away from everything else. It's just space to listen to ourselves. To, mm -hmm. So we listen to our body, what the aches and pains are telling us. We listen to our mind, what anxieties or what thoughts we've got and our feelings. And it's interesting just by creating that little bit of space for ourselves, we can start to recognize our own needs. Mm -hmm. And then from that, we can start to see where we're giving a lot of energy out and just where we could do is being a little bit more nurtured and filled up ourselves. Mm, yeah. mm. I do think that's the first step. It's just having that space to actually step away and look at what our own needs are. Yeah. yeah. The yoga class is a great place for that, isn't it? And I think also, as you're saying, that I'm remembering that in pregnancy, certainly later on, for me, I felt like almost um, like an imperative to slow down. You know, there's a sort of physical and... And, and mental and emotional imperative to slow down. And it was actually the one time in my life when I was pregnant that I did feel like I can start saying no, you know. I, it sort of came, yeah. It's a really yeah. good time to be awakening that awareness in women, I think. Oh, it is. And I, I find that at the beginning in pregnancy, I do find a lot of women struggle with that because we're so used to being strong and physical and independent and doing all of those things ourselves, it almost feels like a weakness or a handicap to say, no, I'm not doing. So I, I try and reframe that and turn that round by saying, actually, this is our part of our growth and our transformation of like being a mother because we're actually putting our own needs first and the needs of our babies first. We're learning to prioritize ourselves. 
And then I say to them, by saying no to other things, we're actually like honouring ourselves. We're saying yes to ourselves and to our baby. And it can be a transition. It definitely is a transition. And I've been reflecting a little bit on this in my book as well, because it seems like this transition, it's kind of twofold. Because at first, as mothers, we need to learn to put our children's, or our, you know, when we're breastfeeding, our baby's needs before everything. And yeah. I struggled to know how I could have a shower or drink yeah. a hot drink, you know, for days. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> That's better now. Yeah. So I think that is the first transition. It's learning to let go a bit, perhaps, of our needs and learn how to fully give to our babies. Yeah. But then I think it's learning that isn't sustainable forever. And that the second step of that is how can we meet our own needs within that? Yeah. And maybe people talk about that as like finding their feet, finding a bit of time for themselves and sort of finding their stride. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah. And it's interesting because um, I think people can sometimes get stuck between the idea of like, if I'm a, uh, a sort of I don't know what the word is exactly but a sort of empowered or you know modern woman or, or you know then I should be able to just keep on you know I can have a baby and then I can just I should be able to carry on with my work and by you know and there's and, and I and while that's um that's okay I think it's definitely not an only model for for mothering and it's one that I think can be a real distraction from this need both to focus on the babies and then on ourselves rather than on some sort of external idea of what it is we should be trying to achieve you know that whole thing about juggling your work and being a mom and looking after the house that wears so many women out you know definitely I think I think I did really experience that myself mm. and I know so many other women have come through that because we we used to run the beautiful beginnings like natural parenting group mm-hmm. and that was a space to bring all of the women from all different backgrounds interested in natural parenting together mm-hmm. and so often we would talk about that mums would just arrive exhausted you know you've been up through the night feeding you've left the house a mess like you're, you're struggling with your toddler and we just used that space to talk about how we can just let go of being perfect, how everyone has hard days and how actually like we've, it's, it's a myth, like nobody is perfect. No one can do it all. Yeah. And I think it's really about valuing what we are doing, recognizing yeah. how much we are giving, yeah. but that it's okay to accept that we can't do it all. And that isn't being a failure. It's just, prioritizing where you're putting your need yeah 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 and I know for me for years that was um because I I ended up tandem feeding so I'd be breastfeeding my toddler and then feeding my baby so I just thought I literally can't keep on top of the house I can't do all the work and look after the kids how I'd like to so I thought I've got to prioritize for the sake of you know feeling okay and getting through the days so I did I prioritized feeding them being there for them and then I prioritized caring for the family by making nutritious food and going for walks and yeah we let housework slide and that was where my partner had to step up exactly yeah (laughs) someone else has to help right (laughs) and I guess it is that asking for help as well isn't it knowing we can't always do everything ourselves yeah definitely and I think for different women how that help comes will be different but 
but asking for help is a big component of how you can make this shift I think and so often it's like we don't want to ask for help because we think somehow that that makes I don't know that makes us seem like we can't do it you know there's some sort of failure implied Mm -hmm. in asking for help so I think you know some of us have family or, or friends or whoever it is that can help us but yeah asking for help is a big component of actually looking after yourself I think and yeah yeah it's it's definitely go on sorry (laughs) so I was just gonna say actually as well through the yoga one of the things that I find like as a mamana yoga practitioner and I know that other mums that practice the yoga feel this as well it's the attitude of ahimsa have you come across that or the gentleness yeah 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 I'm not a yoga teacher but I've heard about it yeah it's it's translated as non-violence okay which, you know, in yoga, it comes across as like vegetarian and being gentle, that kind of thing. But it's, you can take that so much wider in being kind and being gentle, obviously to others around you, but also towards yourself. And it's planting that seed of kindness and gentleness that you would care for your children with. It's planting that in how you would care for yourself as well. Mm. And when you do struggle, it's letting yourself ask for help, I think is important. And just knowing it, is okay not to be able to do everything but instead be able to be kind to yourself not not beating ourselves up when we feel we haven't done enough but looking at what we are doing and just yeah. nurturing ourselves rather it's that voice in our head isn't it mm-hmm. telling ourselves we've not done enough it's switching that to recognizing what we are doing and just putting some nurturing thoughts there yeah definitely I really like that idea of gentleness you know non-violence mm-hmm. is gentleness towards ourselves and I think actually that switch is a big deal for a lot of women. Yeah. That, you know, the switch from self-critique on the inside to gentleness is a great way of putting it on the inside. Yeah. That's, that's massive. I think, I think it is, especially in, you know, just reading through some of the things you've written out. Is it, sorry, how do you pronounce? Is it GJ's? Jijaze, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> on how you've done on Jijaze, it's, want women wanting to put the work in and make the difference but then blaming ourselves when things don't work out as well as they could have done I think that's a huge part of it because we can be so giving to others yet a lot of us can have that really strong critical voice that we haven't done enough and given enough and I taught this on my yoga workshop actually about nurturing ourselves I said we can imagine that we can run every day we can go to the gym we can cycle we can look and think if we do that, we're so strong and we're so healthy. Yeah. If our inner voice is saying, oh, you're not going well enough, you've not gone fast enough. If we're giving that inner criticism, then that, then ultimately that isn't a nurturing activity because we're working against ourselves. Yeah. And I just think it goes back to what I teach in pregnancy yoga. It's about working with ourselves rather than against ourselves and just becoming our own support rather than our own critic. Yeah, and I think that's such a wise um, thing, you know, way of putting it when you talk about exercise in that way, because I think that's such a common a oh, common yeah. thing that people say to themselves, and I know that I have in the past, like, you know, okay, if I do all this particular exercise, <laughs> then, you know, then I'll be good, or then I'll yeah. be healthy, <laughs> and then if you don't do it, or even if you do, there's always, it's never enough, and it's never good enough, and, and yeah. it's, it, you're right that it's sort of the antithesis of self-care, really, Yeah. if you're doing it in that way. 
definitely yeah and yoga can be like that too can't it I think you mentioned um, that in your absolutely yeah. I think the attitude we can take to anything can't we we can take right. those attitudes and apply them either way to anything yeah yeah, I suppose this taking it back to mothering and just where we're, what we've been talking about now, how it can be so transformational. I think it's the love that we feel towards our children, you know, that unconditional love that you would do anything mm-hmm. for them and it's yeah. so strong. It's just learning that we can turn that round onto ourselves as well yeah. and just yeah. holding ourselves in that love because we deserve that as much as they do. Absolutely. And the more... You know, it goes back to that that lovely idea of replenishment. The more we replenish ourselves with that love, the more we've got that to give. Yeah. I know if I've had a bad day and I, I start off with an affirmation of I look for joy, peace and gratitude. And I feel great until about 10 o'clock and yeah. then we're trying to get out of the house. You know, there's dishes, there's the car, getting into the car, stress. And just through the day, I can just really feel myself getting depleted. And then I'll be snappy or tired at bedtime or tea time. But if I can just remind myself to hold myself in that love that I hold them, then it just connects you to your heart centre and it's easier to come from that loving place again when we're filled up. Yeah, I love that. I love that. (laughs) It's easier said than done though, isn't it? (laughs) It is, but it's also a good reminder that it's not about... um, it, again even the the practice of turning that love on yourself is not about perfection like we you know yeah. no matter how much you and I might think about these things it's still a practice you know there's still the de- it's still the days when it's hard and there's still the hours <laughs> when you when you when you're not necessarily able to do that and you are still holding yourself in this kind of critical gaze and yeah. I think that um it's important to share with people that that it's it's a sort of a, it's a journey and it's not a, it's not a destination it's not like you know there's one side where you suddenly are just it's all easy but it's that holding these things and using these practices can help to shift shift your perspective and shift your energy in a really helpful way so yes exactly yeah and I think it is it's just reminding yourself that we've got these as tools because life is hard it's very hard however we're mothering and however we're living in the world as women you know whatever choices we make there's always a lot of pressures and if we can just turn some of those pressures to nurture ourselves a little bit more just in each moment it just makes a difference to how you know how filled up or how positive we feel yeah and we can you know we can let that go lots through the day we can feel stressed and we can feel overwhelmed but we can you know we can feel we've dropped all the pieces and we're back to criticism and failing but then we can just continue to pick up those nurturing thoughts they're always there and I think forgiving ourselves you know we'd forgive our children and we'd talk to them about forgiveness we can maybe just be gentle around ourselves when we don't do as well as we hoped we would as well yeah yeah I love it (laughs) so what specific practices do you use you've spoken about a few already but maybe there are a few others that you use or you recommend to your students or um around this so you you talked about that which I love (laughs) I particularly love that idea of of loving ourselves like we love our children because it's really um 
it's really immediately resonant like what that's like you know the love you have for your children so you can touch into that easily um but yeah are there other practices that you find helpful i found um it goes back as well to, to yoga and to recognizing that we need to nurture ourselves on a number of levels and i know you spoke can you talk about this in your resources as well I think for me, it's physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. It's recognizing that we've got needs on these levels. Yeah. And then just looking at how we can nurture ourselves on, you know, not all of them, perhaps in one day or one week, but just recognizing that we've got those needs. Yeah. I'd love to say I start each day with a lovely physical yoga practice. <laughs> if people can do that, that's fabulous. It really helps the body and the mind. But my kids still want me to be with them a lot in the morning. They still climb on me if I try and do any floor posture. <laughs> my elder ones join in a little bit, but that doesn't always work. <laughs> so if you can, you know, build in a physical practice, that's great. I think it's important to nourish our bodies physically. So just buy the foods, buy the drinks that we take, looking at the diet, checking that we're giving ourselves the best start. Yeah because that does make a difference yeah 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 i know for like for our family walks and fresh air and being in nature help especially if things have built up there's something about being out in the woods or on the beach where we don't have to hold it anymore nature holds us and that's wider and we can let go and that's a really good way of replenishing ourselves yeah i agree with that definitely absolutely So I think that's great for children and for, you know, for all people to just have that connection. Yeah. And yeah, what else? I suppose I find journaling because I love writing anyway. Mm. I just find if I've got a lot going on, if I journal and write, it helps me to get everything out of my mind and just bring a little bit more clarity to what's happening and to what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I suppose how we spoke about before about the prioritising that I'd love to do everything, but actually I can't. So yeah. what we focus on? Yeah, to making choices, really. Yeah, and I suppose that leads to something I've just started doing, which I'm not really that good at, is saying no to things that I would really love to take on. Yeah. Actually just recognising what capacity I've got at the moment and just yeah. saying I would love to do that, but perhaps not just yet, or I can't do that at the moment yeah yeah and that's definitely one that I walked with a lot and I still (laughs) I still stumble with sometimes but it's so important um to I guess to know that that actually that it does take energy to 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 make these sort of shifts and it means saying no to things and that can be deeply uncomfortable for a lot of women myself included sometimes so I think I guess that's another area where we have to have compassion for ourselves and also realise that when you say no to one thing, you're creating space for something else. I guess that's what's really helped me with that, you know, to think of it as not just a no, but a a creation of space for, for whatever else it is that I need to be doing. Definitely. It's that it's saying no to one thing. It, it's honouring or saying yes to the other needs and the other things that you've got going on. Yeah. And I found recently, just the example was take teaching a new baby yoga class. I would have loved to take that on an opportunity to teach one locally. It would have been brilliant. But 
two of my children are homeschooled and one of them flexi school. So there's a lot with that during the day. And as much as I wanted to do this, I thought it's just going to put too much stress on ourselves during the day. So although I said no myself, I I have a friend that's just doing her postnatal yoga training now. And Mm. this felt like the right time for her. And now she's having conversations with the project and it's working out for her. So sometimes it just isn't right for us that we can pass that on to somebody else. Mm, and I suppose it's that idea of abundance and sharing that we don't have to do everything ourselves, but we can make connections with others. That's interesting, isn't it? Because we started mm. off talking about... Um, this idea of it's not selfish to give to ourselves and then actually you've kind of come full circle to to noticing that actually some of doing that about the bit of that that's about saying no can actually open up space for other people and so that's really interesting because we so often think of um looking after ourselves or saying no as as kind of this idea of it being a selfish thing to do but actually you can think of it very differently yeah I never really thought of it like that until we've had this conversation that it's like making that space for others and working together yeah 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 for others and and for the things in our lives that that want our attention so yeah yeah Yeah. I suppose as mothers as well it's recognizing that things change very quickly and although it doesn't feel like that at the time when you know you've got the broken nights of sleep you're so exhausted or yeah. there's a stress at school you, you know we couldn't things are so intense we feel it all so deeply yeah um, I think as our children get a bit older we see that actually it's phases and you know things that have been hard or where there's been no time for new things these things they do shift without us yeah. really realizing and then opportunity yeah. come our way again yeah yeah um, and I, I was gonna I was gonna um end by asking you about the the extra dimension of mothering, but we've talked so much about it already. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, do, I do think it's what, what I've noticed in our conversation is it's really interesting to sort of think of mothering as a place in which we can learn about how to look after and I guess mother ourselves really is what we're Definitely. talking about. And at yeah. the same time for so many women, it can be the opposite because it can feel like they've got no time for themselves anymore and, and that, you know, suddenly there's this person that's dependent on them. And it, that can be a really difficult journey for some women. So I really love the focus that you put on self-care in pregnancy and then mothering um, and, and sort of learning from the love for your child and translating that to yourself. It's a really beautiful kind of concept. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I mean, that's really what's come about over the last couple of years through reading all the stories that the contributors sent in for the book for Miles. And it's, I've really recognised that, you know, these things, they don't happen overnight, that it is a journey, but they, these are huge, big milestones that we can come to. And that's potentially like, it's what I write about is why like the mothering journey can be so transformational because we want to be as good as we can be for our children because we love them so much. But then often through, you know, times of stress, exhaustion, we realise that if we truly want to do that and give to the other projects, then we have to, it's not a choice. We have to love and nurture ourselves to be able to love them and give to them. Yeah. 
it's, it takes a lot of time to learn. <laughs> and in the, when you were researching the book and reading the stories and stuff, did you, is there things that you learned from those stories about what makes a difference as to whether women are able to kind of make that shift as opposed to just get completely kind of burnt out and, you know, frustrated? Or maybe, I don't know whether everyone makes that shift i'm kind of imagining that some people struggle to make it i don't know yeah i think i mean from what i read i think that everybody struggles with it because it's such a huge transformation the stories that really stood out for me where women said that they changed and grown so much was when they chose to be there completely for their children Mm -hmm. becoming completely overwhelmed realizing they're giving full-time to a job they're giving full-time to their children and then realizing actually that they just they can't really carry on like that so they need to themselves start to revision and recreate things differently and then they've consciously taken steps to change things Mm -hmm. and create the life where they're supported and they can give yeah interesting so it's almost like the a bit like I was saying almost the crisis of it leads Um, exactly I think as well it is the crisis but then it's also letting motherhood change you it's letting your heart open and feel all of these things and then wanting to do it as well as you can and and letting yourself change I think it's actually harder for women that get the message which I discovered a lot in doing research for the book initially that the message we get from the mainstream you know the magazines and media of get back to normal as quick as possible yeah. lose the baby weight get back on track yeah. if women take in a lot of these messages early on I think in the long term it can be a lot harder because we don't let ourselves go completely to mothering and find ourselves again through it it can be a lot of a longer struggle as we try to get back to normal with a baby yeah because it's, you know, it's rather, it's rather than normal <laughs> yeah exactly it's a new normal <laughs> it's a new normal exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah one I love the way one woman talked about it which she was saying the new order that life takes on or rather the disorder it's been <laughs> let go and sort of go with that but then after a while find your feet find how you can find yourself but it's a it's a new or a different or a more aspects of yourself than initially that we yeah. initially before we became mothers yeah it's definitely a different yeah. <laughs> disorder <laughs> yeah. for me anyway it's more of a different disorder from the yeah. disorder <laughs> yeah before I was a mum <laughs> Oh, it's been really lovely talking to you, Kerr. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, you too, Marianne. I'm really excited to see when, you know, see the book when it comes out and to keep dialoguing about this because, yeah, it's been really fruitful. Yeah, it's been so interesting just to reflect on the different themes and hear, you know, how that's been for you as well and hopefully, you know, how that is for a lot of other women that are getting the benefit from the programme that you're offering. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll talk soon. Great.